Running Sentences presents The Drawn Out Fight Part 10 Brother's Disagreement Facing his brother, Vast tries to find the information he's been seeking. Whether or not he will find it, he's pretty sure he will not. This is a work of fiction. It is inspired by the manga Trigut. There are several similarities between the two, but I have made a lot of differences as well. If you wish to classify this as fan fiction, that might be what it's best named as. Story written and narrated by Michael Honore. Copyright 2022, Michael Honore. All rights reserved. As the rapier's hand approached his face, Vass took a step back to try and avoid it. The fear of being controlled by this man was too great. As a flood of similar memories rushed back to Vass and similar circumstances up on the spaceship. What are you doing? Fixing the wrongs that have befallen you. Helping you remember your past. What else would I be doing, Vass? There were flashes of memories, most of him laid out on a hospital bed of some sort. It was never the doctor in these, yet this man was insisting that that's exactly what he was. Step away from us. Rapier stopped briefly to look at Mary, his hands shifting towards her but stopping halfway, unsure of what to do. You're not worth talking to or explaining anything to you. Why Vass has you around? I do not know. You're worthless human beings. He's trapped you in his own theories and you're going along with them. This is so silly. Nothing is worthless. Oh, there's the Vass I know that I know so well. The one who thinks people and things will be okay. Or at least he wants to project that. The sound of clunking came from the stairs as a figure sprawled down them into a bundle on the basement floor. A second later, the figure of Gorm sprang up with a pistol in hand, though he appeared to have the shakes and was not ready for anything. Your worker has appeared, Rapier, and I don't think he's on your side. Rapier decided to take a few strides back to get away from being within their grasp when he turned to see Gorm. The pistol that his servant had in his hand followed Rapier's movement. Ah, Gorm, what are you doing? Saving the world? Rapier looked back to Vass while pointing towards his worker. Did you do this? I know he vanished for a while and probably came to you. It is rather sad if you did. Go out of your way to get one of mine on your side. You really should own up to what you've done to this world. It is all because of you that this is happening. He, like many and the majority of humans, are free to do as they will of their own free will. I have said nothing to him about any of this. He tried to lead me to a place to help me get some answers, but uh, then ran away for some reason. Other than that, it's all been his choice. Rapier's attention turned firmly to Gorm as he put his arm towards his worker. The shakes going over the servant were pretty severe, but he tried to hold himself together. Why would you betray me? You tried to kill me several times. 
you weren't doing your job, and that can't be your only reason for wanting me dead. You're not that simple. What's it? What did I do? Kill your parents, family, or the loved ones? Did they die because of me? What is it? Shut up, it doesn't matter. I'm only asking because I want to make sure you're aiming at the right person. For you see, the one who brought humanity to this awful place is the one over there. Rapier had pointed towards Vass, and was grinning to Gorm to try and make him shift his gaze and point the pistol towards Vass. He is the one who disfigured me with this endless life because of the experiments while aboard a spaceship. His whole life has been a forgotten lie where he tried to pin it all on me. That doesn't change the fact that you have created dolls to kill people, and then you changing those dead people or bringing back people and killing them and bringing them back to do whatever it is you do. Having had enough of this conversation, Rapier waved his hand at Gorm, who dropped his gun. The worker looked shocked, but remained stuck in place. Rapier, leave these people alone. Your argument is with me. Oh, here we go again. For the millionth time, leave the people alone. They've done nothing to deserve this. Yeah, that's which you should agree with if this was all my fault, shouldn't you? Rapier was about to say something, but stopped himself when he realized that what he had said to him was true. He frowned and glared towards Vass, trying to figure out a way out of this. We are not letting you simply walk out of here to never be heard from again. I don't trust either of you, so stop trying to talk just between you and him, Vass. Well, it is as your friend says. They don't want to leave, so uh, they will be involved in this matter. Fine, uh, but do you agree that people have done nothing wrong? Let's say I've come to see a light that um, perhaps you made a good, decent point. Rapier was glancing to his right to see that Ori was inching her way around him with her gun pointed towards him and on the opposite side of where Mary was. I would not advise shooting me. It tends to bring out my angry side. No one likes that side of me. It's the one that Vass made with his experiment. It's very, very terrible. You say you've come to see the light with these people are good, and that it's not their fault that all of these bad things are happening because of me, and yet you've still made these dolls, and you're still angrily yelling at people, and have morphed humans into other worldly creatures. You're not making a very convincing argument, Rapier. It's true, I've seen him make those dolls in the basement of his home. With a wave of his hand, Rapier silenced Gorm, who kept speaking, but no words were coming out of him now. Why would you make them and send them out to destroy people if you think it's all my fault, hmm? What are you hiding, Rapier? I didn't do that. I, I've been trying to stop all of this. You see, it was actually the government plan. Once they learned about me, they decided I was too dangerous to let live. But they didn't know who I was physically. So I infiltrated an operation to put it to a stop. I'm just trying to survive. You expect me to believe that? question was met with a shrug as Mary also had continued her move around the other side of Rapier. 
what you believe is up to you. Your friends, though, they should stop moving around. I don't want to harm them. I mean, I am friendly to people, but only to those that see the light that you are a troublemaker, Vass. How about you explain this room, then? What is this place? Raybeard did not seem all that pleased with the way things were going around him, and he moved his hand up like before. Towards Mary, and she stopped moving. But Ori took this moment to keep going. It won't be easy to explain this all of this away, but in a slop-shod manner, you have Vass to blame. Try, please, brotherly-like person to me, or supposed-to-be brotherly-like person. Explain away why and how this situation and this room came about. Fine, after years of wandering this planet, I came to the conclusion that for anyone to survive, they would need help. Thus, after many years, I found one of the doctors who had survived the crash. I pressed him on his research that you made him do, Vaz, and we put this place together to help us understand how to survive. A flash and a spark of memory crossed Vaz's mind. A realization that he had actually gone something wrong. Perhaps more than one. He wasn't really sure completely how much was wrong. Wait, I wasn't in this town. You were here, and I was here because of you. Yes, you came to shut down my operation of saving the world. Why would he do that? Rapier looked over his shoulder towards Ori, which made her stop moving. Mary then took a few small steps to gain some ground. I figured it was because he wanted to be the only one who had the ability to have these strange powers, maybe? Or maybe, and this could also be very true, he wanted me and him to rule this planet. I did not. Well, you wanted something to do with this planet, otherwise why the hell did you choose it to crash into it? Vass's mind was fighting itself, trying to remember and sort out what lies were there and what once felt like they were being injected into him by Rapier. Mess of thoughts were tangled up with one another, and he felt like there should be an answer somewhere in his mind. That was not me. Stop whatever you're doing and let me think clearly, damn you. I'm not doing anything. It is all in your mind as your memories come rushing and flying back to you so that you remember everything. There was a loud bang and the sensations of things becoming clearer came to Vath. Damn it all! The gunshot had come from Mary, who held her gun out evenly and calmly. She looked to have had enough of all of this and had the gun ready to fire again. Won't anyone listen to me? This isn't because of me. Vass is the one to blame. Shoot him. You haven't proven that. And you created these dolls that have been murdering people. Even the rangers who keep law and order know about them. You have a man here who claims you were responsible for those dolls. You, you have nothing other than your word that says all of this is wrong. Rapier straightened out so that he could swing his arm towards Gorm. In doing so, though, he attracted the attention of both Mary and Ori, who both fired their guns. Two shots hit him and staggered him, forcing him to abandon this sudden plan of his. 
Come with us, and you can tell us all about the past, but threatening people here is not welcome. I was not threatening. You made him drop his gun before, didn't you, Mr. Rapier? Or are you claiming that it wasn't you? It would be nice to know which, which you claim it is. And remember, we are cops. And as Ori said, threats are not welcome. So all of this will be on your record for your trial. Rapier turned to Mary, who didn't move other than to take a step back and gird herself against anything that he could do. He just glared towards her. His face was in pain as he gritted his teeth and let out a growl. Rapier, all we want to do is talk without any of your abilities to mess with things. Tell your story. Tell the world what your truth is. I don't even have to be present if you want. I would love to hear your side of the story, though. Your fiction of all of this. My truth. It is not fiction. Or as you claim it, your truth. Let us do it then. Elsewhere, though. I mean, this doesn't seem like a great place to talk. Standing around here is not all that much fun. Agreed? All you need to know is here, though. The cabinets contain all my files and papers on the matter and prove infinitely over that I am innocent of all charges. Most of those were empty. I'm the only one I came across that had anything of interest or of use was this one. He held up the file that was still in his hands as Rapier narrowed his eyes at him. Did you do something to this place? No, why? Someone has gotten in here then and taken all of the evidence. I can't prove my case if I don't have evidence. We will go find it then. But we, we should move on. There is nothing in here of interest. Ori moved a few steps forward, but still kept a distance from the man just in case. He did turn and stare at her, which made her stop when a dark look crossed his face. Vast decided he had enough of this and moved towards this brotherly man that he knew. Let's go. He was still slightly afraid that Rapier was going to try and do something, control him, grab him, uh, something. But wasting more time here was also not a good idea. Rapier tried to get away from Vass's grasp as he approached him, but now with both women helping him, they managed to get the wounded man to the stairs, and then up and out of them. The fresh air of the little street they found themselves on was nice. It didn't last long, though, as the evening chill came over them with, with a series of rangers officers who were now blocking the way on both sides of the street. A lieutenant came strolling forward with a pair of handcuffs. I am Jacob Marley of the Rangers. Uh, the whole lot of you are under arrest. Jacob, what are you doing here? This isn't your sector of policing. You're in a more westernly area, aren't you? I work where I'm needed. Now come with me, please. And don't resist, though I do kind of wish you would do so, Vass. Not remembering who this man was, Vass shrugged at him. He had no reason to resist, and, and they would probably be headed to the local rangers anyway. This just made matters simpler, easier, faster. I, I don't think I will, but uh, please take us away to your local station. Pity. I was kind of hoping for some action. Oh well, follow me. 
I guess we don't need many of these handcuffs unless you, the whole lanky one, are going to resist. Rapier seemed to snarl at people. So he actually did have some handcuffs put onto him. After which they began heading towards where a group of rangers split apart to reveal a truck was. And then it was backing up towards them. Its back doors were already open, which Jacob signaled that a lot of them should get inside. Rapier was still acting off and didn't want to be touched, but he got pushed in first, followed by Marianne Ori. Vast was stopped, though, by Jacob just outside the truck. What is going on here? I've been trying to stop a criminal. Who are you, by the way? Me? I'm just an agent for justice who has seen things go wrong too many times. There are too many people here, too many people doing whatever they want. Can't have that in these rangers. It could cause the downfall of all things law and order. It is my job to prevent such a calamity. Vass shrugged and went into the truck. The vehicle will drive out of town fast, followed by a couple of other vehicles. The dusty road was not one that they'd come in on and barely counted from what they could see on the inside. There wasn't much inside that they could see, other than a few slits of light and lots of brown, sandy desert beyond. The dust they kicked up was heavy and soon covered all but the one that was leading the way. Their pace stayed fast for two hours before they came into a sight of a tent area. There were a few armed guards patrolling the exterior of the place as they slowed down to enter this camp. The doors to the back of the truck were thrown open, and in spilled some torchlight since the moon was not out yet. The evening, while not terribly, terribly dark, was clouded over and was not offering much sight. All right, you monsters, out of the truck. The lieutenant's voice boomed into the truck as Vass had already shuffling his way forward. He suspected that the man meant him and Rapier alone. There was no way to tell them, so he just hurried out, followed along, reluctantly, by Rapier. Give on, I don't want to waste any more time. We've got a case to crack. Once everyone was out, they were corralled towards the tent. They marched towards it, taking a few seconds. Vast tried his best to glance around to get a better feel for where they were and what was going on around them. It was a desolate wasteland. They figured, though, that any overt motions would draw attention of the rangers, so he kept it simple. Not that there was much to look at. It was tents and tents and desert sand. The tent that they went into was a large one. Obviously used for interrogation, judging from all of the equipment here. A few machines that were beeping away, and some other ones that weren't recognizable, but had spikes attached to them. And finally, off in the corner, was a big cast iron pot of some sort, hanging over a fire, and looked to be bubbling, sort of. Vass figured it was likely something inside that would hurt they touched it, or it was put upon them. The group was led to a table and sat down separately a few feet from one another, their hands handcuffed to the table itself. Rapier was put on the far end of one end of the table, followed by Vass, and then Mary and Ori, and on the very end, Gorm. Now that I have all of you in one place, uh, would someone care to tell me what has gone on so that I know what's going on? 
There was a clatter of voices as everyone, aside from Bass, tried to say something to explain this all away. Jacob held out his hand after a moment of cacophony of noise of literally every voice bouncing at him. One at a time. You first, please. He pointed towards Rapier, with everyone following the pointed figure to see who he had chosen. Vass felt like this was off, a setup of some sort. He now remembered that the lieutenant was the one who had arrested him in Blackrock, and that Rapier had a lot of connections. Could this lieutenant be one of them? But instead of saying something, though, he waited and wanted to see what was about to happen. Your name is Rapier, I believe, and uh, you are a wanted criminal. I've never committed a crime in my life. Many terrible things have happened to me, but I was never a criminal. But to commit criminal feats? Uh, such feats? No, 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 never. That is not my style. That is not my life. Jacob rolled his eyes. Not a particularly believable statement, since you were caught by these two officers over here. And those two happen to be quite good at catching criminals. With this, the lieutenant pointed over towards Mary and Ori, and Rapier glanced towards them, snarling, but sat back, pretending he wasn't doing anything. Not my fault if you choose that way of believing someone. I only know what I know, and I know that I am innocent. All Jacob could do was shake his head and turn to Vass. You tell your story, since that one doesn't know how to talk. Okay, um, me and the man over there, known as Rapier, were aboard a spaceship that crashed into this planet 150 years ago or so. While aboard, some doctors were running experiments on people. I don't know how many of the 20 ships were participating in this experiment, but it was an effort to get people to live longer so that a great die-out wouldn't happen among the crew who were maintaining the ships and trying to get their cargo, the human race, I guess, to safety. The other officers were now looking about at each other, and no one was quite sure what to think of this, or if they should say anything. But it was followed by quite a few shuffling of feet, and a few left disgusted by hearing this story. It was quite upsetting, apparently, to them, but Vast didn't really care. You brought humanity to this world, you're saying? Uh, I cannot say that for sure. Someone, and I believe that someone is actually Rapier, brought us here by forcing the ships to crash. I believe he would claim that I'm the one who forced the ships to crash here. I see, I see. We'll continue with this fairy tale. This origin story, I suppose. Vast took in a deep breath and glanced over to the glowering rapier, now fixed a snarl to his lips and was directing all of his frustrations at Vast. My belief is that uh, rapier here was one of the doctors testing on subjects aboard our ship. I was one of his test subjects and he made a breakthrough, but then realized what would happen when we found a new planet. Humanity lives for longer and forever and drains resources of the place, and it just it doesn't lead to good things. So he decided to keep it for himself, I guess? He went mad. Yeah, Mary, I think he went mad and decided that he and one other person would be, could live forever, and then they would rule over humanity or something, over some place, maybe. 
and Lieutenant Jacob came over to the table, and leaning forward onto it, to look Vass in the eyes. At first, Vass did not realize that, since he had turned to Mary to answer her question. But when he looked back over, they found themselves looking at one another, and a search for belief as to what was being told to them, and this officer was didn't look like he was buying it quite yet. Do you have any evidence of this? Well, the files that were in my hands from the space below that building, that basement, you can take a look at them. One of the rangers came forward, holding out a file for the lieutenant to take. He took a second to stand up, and then took it so that he could read it over. Only a few seconds passed as he breezed over these files and papers. And this is all true as far as you're aware, Vass? Yes, uh, my memory ever since I crashed onto this planet has been a bit broken and not all of it is well remembered. I, I have a few memories of that period, but uh, it doesn't all fit together. Well then, Mr. Rapier, what do you have to say for yourself now? Everyone turned to look at the wounded Rapier, who didn't seem to be as hunched over as he was before. To Vass, it looked like the man had managed to heal his wounds that had nicked at him. You cannot trust this information. I can't. You have no evidence that it's true. It could be all made up. In fact, it is made up, and my story will prove it. Rapier looked about to make sure that they were all paying attention to him. When he was sure of this, he nodded about the place and took in a deep breath. As my associate, my former brother, says, we were aboard a spaceship hurtling through space. It was an endless trip with no goal other than to find a new planet to claim as home. But aboard these ships were various evil people trying to exploit things. The doctors. Yes, as my brother says, the doctors, of which he was one, and he ran experiments on me and others turning them into creatures that would live forever, or so he thought. Most of these experiments were failures, and uh, there was quite a cover-up of deaths, so to speak, and uh, since he was running out of humans aboard his ship, he crashed it into the nearest planet. Vass sat back as much as he could since he was chained to the table. There was so much he wanted to say and do, but in his current position, there was little he could actually do. If he ever got free, though... What proof do you have of this, uh, rapier? Yes, this is an interesting yarn, but so far, as Vaz has said, you just said your story. You have not provided proof. If I were to believe you, and I would like to, I would need something more than your word. My word is gold. I was raising an army of creatures to stop this man from rampaging through this world and becoming its ruler. You've heard many stories of the man called Vast destroying towns, no doubt. A murmur from the group of rangers did not make Vast feel good, since technically it was true. He did not destroy the towns, but he came upon them, and then was usually discovered shortly after that, going through the wreckage, trying to find the survivors. No one bothered to listen to him when he said it was not his fault that this had happened. Yes, those stories have been repeated endlessly, and yet there is one thing about them that always makes me wonder. What? Vass was curious as to what this was as well. 
He couldn't make sense of why this man who apparently disliked him was now somewhat defending him. It sounded like it, but perhaps it wasn't true. Vass was arrested and thrown in jail at several points. Good, that's where he belongs. Yet the destructions of the cities continued on, and the people who managed to survive always said it was a group of people led by a long, pawny-like man. The lieutenant then pointed towards Vass. That one was in jail, and doesn't really fit the description, as he generally always goes about alone. Until he met these two, apparently. The lieutenant then waved a hand towards Mary and Ori. That doesn't mean he didn't have people doing jobs for him. But it wasn't me, that's all I know. Rapier stood up in a hurry, the chains going to haunt for a second, making him hunch over a bit. He kept trying to pull at them, which made everyone try and get away from him. As he was doing this, the chains stretched further and further. Humanity must end. Enough of this fake lives that you all have been living. It is nothing more than a sleepy spill on a ship. You've all been duped. This isn't real. How else would I be able to do this? The chains stretched, and then with a clink, snapped, freeing him. How would I be able to heal if this wasn't all some sort of dream? Hmm? You're all part of some greater ship experiment. But whose dream is it? It's not mine. No, it must be Vass's. The man behind all of this. I don't buy it, Mr. Rapier. And why would you be so calm if it weren't a dream? Because I have soldiers behind me with guns. Rapier took a single step to the side to get around the table before a flurry of bullets began striking him. He managed another small half-step before falling over in a gurgle of noise that left his mouth. The shots stopped when Rapier hit the ground, and the now smoky room provided no good way of seeing anything. Are you still alive, Mr. Rapier? I expect that you are. You have a lot of chemicals running through you that have been injected into you. There was more gurgling noises from the man, and the smoke was now beginning to clear as someone opened the tent flap to let in some air. Jacob went over towards Rapier, apparently unafraid of whatever he was, but he also waved his hand towards the table. Uh, release the two females, please, oh, and I suppose Gore as well, uh, but send him to a cell. They have no further part to play right now. Uh, Gorm is under arrest, though, for... Helping this one. And what about Vass? Jacob looked up at her as Colonel Dismay marched into the room and took a look around. Oh yes, the whole gang is back together again. How good to have a lot of you around. Even some new faces about the place. I suppose you all want some answers, uh, but uh, unfortunately those two criminals cannot be allowed to go free. Sorry, Mary. I'm fine with it as long as the man Rapier spends the rest of his life in jail. The colonel nodded his appreciation, and so Vass sat back, content to let all of this happen, and not really thinking very much. You will doom this world if you arrest me. 
Vass will weasel his way out of this in no time. And then what will you be without me preventing him from doing all of this? What is he doing? You've given us two theories. One about a spaceship in dreams, and the other about him crashing onto this planet. Rapier looked over at Ori, who'd just been freed, and had said this, rubbing her wrists from the cuffs. Yes, about that as well. Um, we have found a lot of diaries and files from people who survived the crashing of the ships, and plenty in that secret room that you found. We were the ones who cleared it out. And all of the evidence, by the way, points to you being a bad guy in all of this rapier. It was well known aboard the ships there was a mad scientist trying to do everything in his powers to live forever, and everyone called him Rapier. To this, Rapier slowly began to get up. His gaping wounds not healed, but they were no longer bleeding either. The soldiers' guns all went up at the ready. Those were all lies set up by this man. He pointed towards Vass, who sat quietly at his table where both Ori and Mary were now trying to get his chains off. You two need to stop. He tried to shoo the two ladies away, but he wasn't having much of an effect on them. As for your lies, Rapier, they'll finally come to an end. I always thought you were so proud of your work, and yet here you are, trying to give credit to someone else for all you've done. All so you can continue to try and do the things that you've been doing. The second you start up again, everyone will realize that they have the wrong person. It will take years, decades, millennia, whatever it takes. Centuries, maybe? For everyone to forget, and then you're free to do this again. But I might still be alive, and able to tell my side of the story. You'll never be free. Rapier looked over at him with hatred in his eyes. The man appeared to want to do something too vast, but he was restraining himself, and two rangers had stepped in close, trying to stop him from doing anything anyway. Throwing Vass in jail changes nothing, Colonel. I understand your wishes, Mary, but for the public and for the greater good, these two are too great of a risk to have around humanity. We already have our top scientists working on a way to get this chemical mix out of them. That is causing these changes. It should be fine. Uh, they'll get it out and then maybe we can free them. Maybe not. We'll see. They still have a trial to get to to see if they are worth saving. Now, guards... Take these two men away. The two guards that had been near Rapier began to try and direct him outside without getting too close. They still slightly afraid of him. Another two had come over to Vass and undid the locks to his chains. He rose and stopped so that he could look at Mary and Dory. Thank you for your help, uh, but this is where we split ways forever, probably. Life is cruel like that, and... I've seen a lot of it come and go while trying to save people. I do have one request, and that is to make sure that no one gets any mad ideas with whatever knowledge they find from our bodies. Okay? The two ladies were speechless as he moved towards the tent flaps. Colonel Dismay stepped in his way. Don't worry about that happening. Vass took a long, hard look at the man. I worry 
That's why I wanted a promise to have someone watch over the work to make sure it isn't used badly. It's a good idea to make sure that things go okay. I've seen what these chemicals do and I don't want anyone else to go through what I have suffered. He stepped around the colonel and out of the tent. A cold night with plenty of stars shining away dotted the sky with clouds having gone away as Vass found himself herded towards the back of a truck. Rapier was being pushed aboard, and since there was no other vehicle around, he guessed he was likely going to be forced into the same one. It was all fine by him, as it was a chance to ask a few more questions to satisfy his mind. He went easily towards this vehicle and waited until the other guards were happy that Rapier was inside and was not going to try and escape. When they looked to him, he simply clambered aboard and let them chain himself up to keep him from doing anything other than moving from side to side of the vehicle. Well, around. The chains were loose, but not that loose. He could move about a bit. Vass glanced outside one last time to see his friend, Mary and Ori, both not far away, just as they had stepped outside of the tent. He gave a wave as they closed the doors, which made the interior of this boxy prison truck go dark. That is, except for the single slits of light making their way in from the top of the doors. Once he'd gotten used to the light, Vast turned towards Rapier, who was sitting sullenly and didn't look like he wanted to talk. Were you really trying to take over the world? Maybe. Why, why did you want to stop me? You were so eager aboard the spaceship. To go along with all of my plan. Then, when I made efforts to crash into the planet, something snapped in you? What, what changed with you? Why? Why did you have to change? Why did you have to cause so many problems for me? I saw that it was all wrong to do this. We are humans, and we are simple beings who, like most creatures, should live our lives, and then, when the end comes, it comes. We should not try and extend ourselves beyond. Such a simple view of things. A chance to live forever, and you took it, and now you want out. Or do you pretend to not remember that? I don't remember being offered that. Well, you are aboard the ship. I guess the chemical mixture I gave you repeatedly did do a number on your mind. There was plenty of other recorded instances of you not remembering things, I guess. Yeah, that's what happened. Oh well, now we have to wait out this civilization until they realize what we can do for them. Not that it'll matter much. Vath shook his head as the truck rumbled to life. Why was I able to kill a doll so easily, by the way? I didn't... It doesn't seem like I should be able to kill them, but... Uh, I was able to kill them pretty easily. Well, they aren't particularly strong. I built them to attack, attack, and attack again. The whole concept was if you scare your foe, then they shouldn't be able to attack back. Maybe you just reverse that strategy against them? No, not particularly. I choked out a doll with their wooden figurines. They're not really human, or, well... I don't I don't know what you did to them. I don't, and I kind of don't want to know, but I don't think choking would work on wood. Rapier, through the darkness, looked over towards him. 
<laughs> yeah, that's strange. I have no idea why that one worked. Shouldn't, but uh, there's maybe something. You don't know the weakness of your own dolls? I know things here and there, and yes, I know their weaknesses. I guess it was a poor build quality, if I had to guess. Uh, which, which one was it, by the way? Uh, Smitten was her name. Rapier sat back and looked upward in the dim light, trying to think. A silence followed as Vass watched the man, who he now felt he knew nothing about other than what his memory told him, and he wasn't sure he entirely trusted that. He watched the man how the slender figure seemed to twitch here and there as he thought about things. Ah, oh, yes, that one. A bit useless. Uh, ran away, and I, I had to put several other dolls on her to keep her working. Was there anything off about her when you killed her? Seems like she was pretty strong and willful. She didn't have the usual accompaniment of gems to power her. They were shared with other dolls around the place, around the town of Blackrock. To his surprise, Vass watched Rapier get up and managed to move over so that they were now sitting side by side to one another. Rapier was looking keenly at him, trying to understand this new clue. I see now. I guess the others decided that she had too much power and took away some gems which would weaken her a bit. And by doing so, that could make the dolls more hospitable to thoughts and acts that they wouldn't normally have much effect on them. Like choking, they could imagine that they are, you know, actually human, I suppose. At first, you didn't want to take credit, and now you're willing to tell me all about them. A little about them, anyway. You are an odd one. But thank you for that. It's fine. If I survive this eternity, wherever they're taking me, I shall make sure that you do not survive, and, well, when I get out, life will be good. And when the time comes, I will be free to do what I do best, and hopefully by that time these people will have died away. And if they haven't, maybe I can use them. And, well, it's all just a matter of time, isn't it? Are you sure you will survive all of this? Or chemicals are going to keep you going? Doesn't seem like they will. I mean, you do look a little older than the last time I saw you. Uh, no idea. In theory and practice, yes, I should live forever. Maybe if I keep redoing the chemicals at all. I still mostly look the same age as when I got off the crashed escape pod. You, on the other hand, have grown older. Even though you have, uh, your features have been stuck young-ish for the last 50 or so years. And you're willing to risk that chance that you won't get older. I'm sorry, but it doesn't sound like you at all. You generally like to fight for every inch of freedom. You think I'm going to stay there with the connections I've made over these past years and decades? Ho ho ho, you are in for a surprise. Vast felt a sinking sensation hit him in the stomach. He didn't know who Rapier knew, but there was enough evidence that there were some powerful people behind him since he was able to hide in plain sight for so long. They'll come and help you after all of this is revealed. This is going beyond some folders and files that'll be tucked away. A few people will be told, and they will be the right ones to help me. But other than that, it'll be alright for me. I, I truly do believe that humans want someone to order them around, and I do provide that in a neat, tidy package. That isn't very neat and tidy, if you ask me. 
fine sloppy one with some nice edges to it. I will offer you, though, a chance at survival. You want me to join forces with you? No, no, heavens no. Be my adversary once more. We clash so well together in destroying this planet while trying to save it in our own ways. Let technology advance another decade or so, and then these tools we will have that we can play with when time comes. Oh, it will be fun. Vass looked at the man through the darkness of the cabin and the back of this truck. He could make out the broad smile of the man and wondered what he was up to. Whatever it was, it wasn't going to be good. The truck had also begun to move and hustle them about a bit, and Vass took this chance to think about what was asked of him. The answer was no, but to string it along and to string it out, it wouldn't be that bad, would it? You're going to have to let me think about it. Oh, take your time. I won't need an answer until I get free. If you remember to ask it. Rapier had risen and shuffled back to his side of the truck, sitting down again after a second. The vehicle was rocking back and forth as they were being driven somewhere. Vass kept his eyes on the madman, who knew so much and yet had told him so little. His memory was not complete and he still felt like he was missing some major part of his life that had happened. I don't understand why you didn't kill me sooner. Well, you were my first experiment. I can't kill that until I have all of the data from it. Though if someone else came along and, uh, I suppose, yeah, I don't really need you anymore unless you want to be my adversary. For a mad scientist, you don't think much, do you? Well, I do, but it is concentrated on the details of matters that will entertain my mind. Things will slip through, though, if uh, they aren't immediate threat, that is true. Like you, not, you're not immediate threat, so letting you be around wasn't that bad of a thing. But isn't that how much of humanity is? They don't tend to think about much. Vass took a moment to consider this as it pertained to him and humans. He'd often seen people blindsided by things, and he himself had it happen to him. Wouldn't that make you more human, though? I thought you were trying to escape all of that with what you've done to yourself. This was greeted by a shrug and another nasty grin. I suppose I can't escape all things human unless I was born into this mad species. There will be plenty of time for me to think of ways to get rid of it in the future, though. So who knows? They might even call on me to save them from themselves soon. This planet can't hold them forever, and they will need some place and someone who lives a long time to help them save their life. I hope not. You would kill them given the chance, and they don't deserve that. Ah, yes, the old Vass is back to his old sympathetic ways. Always one to care too much about people who will soon be gone in a fleeting moment. The truck had jerked to a stop, and that slid them about their bench seats. A second passed as they waited and listened for anything. Were they out of prison? The sound of the door opening came from up front, where the driver's side was, Vass assumed, and then the door slammed shut. There were no other noises, like someone coming to the back of the truck signaling that the doors were about to be opened. Vass held his breath for a moment and decided to kneel on the floor since his senses were afire that something was wrong. What are you doing? I think preparing for death. A second later, the sound of a shot after shot 
filled the cabin, piercing the skin of the sides of the vehicle. Holes were poked in Raper, who was repeatedly hit and soon toppled over. All Vass felt he could do was close his eyes as bullets began to hit him. End of Part 10 of The Drawn Out Fight And the end of this story. Thank you for listening.